Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to episode four of the Path of Action. I am going to have a hard time focusing because all I can think about is that Romano cheese I just had, which was <laughs> delicious. Oh, so good. It was so good. Thanks, everybody, for joining us again. Uh, we had a great, uh, I feel like we had a great visit with John Williams last time we were here. Oh, yeah, we did. It was great. Um, so uh, we got a couple other guests we want to have soon, but I thought that in between... Um, what we could talk about a little bit is uh, the Adventurer's Handbook, which was uh, written by myself and that guy who was on our show last time, that wacky old John Williams. That crazy um, satyr. Yeah. If anybody's interested in uh, getting it, we have it on uh, lordsofadventure.com. Um, the reason why it's the Adventurer's Handbook is because we have our show, The Lords of Adventure. Um my my good friend Michael Brown is here, and he's looking at it right now. It's it's a pocket sized book. It's like four by six. It's made to go in your pocket, uh, and it was sort of the ideas that John and I had because we sat down and came up with one of the things that we've learned in our many wacky adventures we've had traveling around the country, doing Renaissance fairs and all the other wild, weird stuff. I got. I have awesome friends. I got you, who is paranormal investigator guy. <laughs> I got uh, John Williams, who's been like in the circus. Um, yeah. So anyway, this was kind of our um, attempt to make a little handbook for living a life of adventure. And I think, uh, I know you have read a lot of uh, Castaneda as well. Yes. So I think... To me, in my mind, the word adventurer kind of substitutes in for like what he called a warrior. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is somebody who lives intentionally, um, understanding that, you know, at any moment you could die. So we got to live each day as if it could be our last one, you know. So I thought that what we would do is in these kind of like short little mini episodes in between is we could kind of talk about, um, you know, briefly go over our adventurer's handbook because... To me, this is my version of the path of action. I think our vision for people was that, you know, eventually you should write your own adventurer's handbook because I am, I am big into the philosophy of Bruce Lee and I don't want people to just try to be clones of me. I want you to figure out what works for you. So this was definitely me and John's, you know, feelings about what it was to be an adventurer, to be somebody who lives intentionally, who is living the path of the hero that Joseph Campbell thought about. Um, yeah, so that was sort of that, uh, that sort of situation. So I don't know. You read it, Brown, and you were actually just saying some things about, uh, yeah. what you thought. Yeah. And, and you just, you just mentioned Campbell and it's, um, it's pretty cool because I, I look at this book in the same category as, uh, the hero with a thousand faces where, but different in the sense that where Campbell, um, sort of define the universality of the hero with a thousand faces and how that appears in every mythology and in every culture since the beginning of time. Whereas this book is like a, is like a boiled down version of that for this culture today mm -hmm. and applies really well. And I mean, I, I can't, I can't tell you how happy I'm that there's a, a Larry Hartzell quote in, in the beginning. Oh yeah. <laughs> I met him. I had a seminar with him. Yeah. He was so funny. Um, Larry Hartzell is um, so basically Bruce Lee and Dan Asanto started Jeet Kune Do, right? And then they had this kind of like 
um, first generation of students who trained with them. And you had like Tim Tackett and I think Chris Kent was the other guy's name and um, Taki Kimura and all these guys. And then Larry Hartzell was kind of the grappling guy. Right. And right. he was he was awesome, dude. He was um, – I heard a story from one of my teachers that there was a, a Dan and Santos seminar in uh, – I think it was in Princeton – and so coming out of this seminar was Dan Santo, Larry Hartzell, and uh, Rick Tucci, who was the guy who taught at Princeton Academy of Martial Arts. Okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody tried to mug them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this this hapless dude, right? Just and came face to face with destiny. <laughs> came face to face. He met his destiny right there. <laughs> that was so, the day he wrote his book. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan Asanto is like the <laughs> nicest guy, and I find a lot of Jeet Kune Do people to be really catty and stuff. But like Dan Asanto is Guru Dan is he's just and everybody when they get around him just gets humble because he's you know he's yeah. like the, he's like the grandfather of us all. But Ooh, so yeah. this guy came up and tried to mug these guys. And I guess Larry Hartzell just beat the tar out of this guy. Like, <laughs> I guess he, whatever he did, he punched him or whatever. And like, he had to, and the guy, he had the guy's blood on his hand and he like licked it off. And he's like, you want some more? Oh you know? my God. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's like, that's, that's the point where you got to turn your life around. Like, yeah, if yeah. you decided you're going to be a mugger and you happen upon those three guys, so yeah, uh, the da- the, <laughs> the Larry Hartzell quote uh, that is in there is "Know the path, then walk on." All right, and that is kind of what the uh, you know the adventurer's path really is like, and it's Dharma in in the East. You know, like yeah. you got to find your path, and it's kind of it's going to be different for you than it is for me. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of philosophical meat in that one quote. Know the path, then walk on. It's it's so yeah, it's just so short and to the point. Mm-hmm. Just just like he is, <laughs> and that is and that's true, and that's how Larry Hartzell was. Like <laughs> the seminars I saw, I remember, and it's it's really a shame too because like the Gracies came out and like everybody latched onto them with the whole like grappling range and all that kind of stuff. Larry Hartzell was doing that for a very long time. Yeah, and yeah. um, you know he didn't get. I don't know. He didn't get the same like airtime for some reason that you know people like Dan Asanto did or whatever. So I, I remember we were at the seminar. He's like, <laughs> you know, we were at the seminar in Brooklyn, and he uh, he was like, he's like, okay guys, d- d- I got some sweatpants. Buy my sweatpants because I got those and I got other stuff. You know, I got a really cool knife at that seminar. Uh, but he was, I was enhanced after working out with him that time. And he was like nice. I said, he was all about grappling range and wrestling and all that stuff years before the UFC, you know? And like I said, I feel kind of bad. Like yeah. he didn't get the same, you know, um, general populist recognition that a lot of those guys do. Yeah. I think, um, I think a big part of that may be the whole, um, competition, like their, their tournaments started to like, people started going down there and challenging those guys mm-hmm. way, you know, way pre UFC. Yeah. And I think that sort of the UFC kind of like snowball out of that, Mm-hmm. It became, you know, it was like a byproduct of that. Uh, yeah. So that probably has something to do with it, but, but yeah, I mean, that did sort of. The UFC was great in the sense that it yeah, was it like really the, it the enhanced great, people, like a great mean, equalizer. Mm-hmm. Like there was no BS and yeah technique and against it's, technique anymore because it was 
they were getting in the ring and just proving it. You know? Well, that's the thing. It's like that's why um, my buddy Damien, his his uh, sense of this guy Papasan, he's like violence suffers no lies. We've talked about this a bunch, yeah. and yeah. that's the beautiful thing in the UFC is like, you know, you can't just. And I tell my students all the time, like, you got to train for fighting like it is and not the way you wish it would be, right? Mm. And that's the beautiful thing about the UFC. And even the Gracie stuff now, like, you got to be well-rounded. You can't just be a grappler anymore because people have figured that stuff out. Yep. So you got to have a striking game. you got to have – and Bruce – and again, this is all – that's the brilliance of that guy. we got to do a whole – got to do a whole episode just on Bruce Lee sometime. Absolutely. Because to me, he was the greatest philosopher of the 20th century. I, think, that I sounds, think so, too. Yeah, and that sounds crazy to people. Like, I've said that to people when they're like, oh, well, he was an actor. And I'm like, I don't know. Anyway, but he was saying that then. He said, you know, if you want to be a really good fighter, you got to be good at kicking, punching, trapping range, which is kind of like elbows, knees, and 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 wrestling, grappling. And he knew that back then. You know? Yeah, yep. So. I mean, anyway. he's, he's really the one that started it all. Yeah, he really did. Like, people don't understand. There weren't focus mitts in this country until him and Guru Dan started <laughs> Traveling around, yeah. they used to take their shoes off, their tennis shoes, and put them on their hands and use them the focus pads. Because wow, I didn't realize there was one pair of focus pads in this country in the United States until they started realizing how cool they were. Wow, boxing gyms did not do that stuff before Bruce and Dan did their stuff. It's crazy. It used to be wow, like back in the day, like Rocky Marciano and those guys, you'd hit the heavy bag and then you'd spar. There huh. wasn't any focus pad stuff. Interesting, crazy. It's wow, it's freaking fascinating. Anyway. And I love those guys. And it's it's to me, it's awesome the fact that like you know I see my students, and from those two guys, you've got millions of people around the world who kind of have that you know philosophy yeah. right now. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, and actually, I dedicate in my dedication to this book mentions Dan Asanto and you know Bruce Lee as well because they they were a big influence on on me, and a lot of the stuff that's written in this book. So, yeah, we got to do. I mean, we talk about them every time. Like we might as well. Just, <laughs> have an episode where we just yeah. talk about you know Bruce Lee the philosopher you know he's very Absolutely. interesting yeah his, his, he's yeah his philosophy was tremendous mm-hmm. so anyway back to uh, the adventurer's handbook um, we have this broken up into uh, we have the adventurer's code in there which is kind of to me the um, you know the uh, what do you call it it's sort of the foundation, the the commandments of being an adventurer. Like, you know, what do you do that stuff? And then we have the bees of adventure, which I think kind of gets into, like, what are the attributes that an adventurer would have? And I think we'll do those later. But I figured we'd do, like, a couple pieces of, you know, the code in each of these, you know, little kind of mini episodes. Just kind of talk about stuff. Because I'd really love... I'd also like to get other people's opinions on it, too. One thing we didn't have when we did this was have, you know, an editor... Oh. So I definitely read through this sometimes, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we should have somebody check some stuff. But I hope that people, um, you know, will still get I, – I, I know people have gotten a lot of stuff out of this. Um, we had a guy recently who sent us a picture of himself at the Great Wall of China with, with the book. And the fact that he went there was because of this book, which makes me really happy. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And um, it's also interesting because if any of you out there listening have ever seen my show, The Lords of Adventure, that I do with John – and a bunch of other guys now. We actually have um, a bunch of twin brothers at this point in time. But the show is, is you know, it's dumb. We're, we're dumb. We're like eight-year-olds who are just running around just... Because that's part of it, too, is I'm actually reading right now, again, The uh, the Art of Play, which is the, the handbook on an interactive theater uh, written by a guy named Gary Izzo. Oh, okay. And he talks a lot in the beginning about 
um, play, you know, as as animals, you know, because you see like you see lion cubs doing this, you know, and there's a lot yeah. of things about that. So our show is all about that like childish joy of experiencing things. Like if you ever watch a kid who's like one, <laughs> you know, they're yeah. they own all their emotions. Because you got to think about it, like they've only had a few of them, (laughs) right? So when they don't get that cookie they want, they just don't have the cookie. Like that's all they have. And that's (laughs) sort of what goes on with the Lords of Adventure. But anyway, at the end of our show, we sell our book. Um, You know, we try to keep it super affordable. So it's like five bucks at our show. And you'll see people get the book and they expect it to be this like comedy, stupid thing. And I see people look at it because our... our, um, our little saying we say all the time is like, choose to be a hero or be a victim by accident, right? And that's on like the first page. So you see people like, oh, choose to be a hero or be a victim by accident. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, they think it's going to be all a right. comedy. Yeah, I'm reading this. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant in a way uh, that, that you is, actually start off that way because yeah. because it, it kind of disarms people mm-hmm. right off the bat, thinking it's going to be a silly thing. Yeah. You know, on the first page. and then But then once you dig into it, then you realize like, oh, wow, no, this is actually like a serious philosophical right work here this is like a this is like a life this is like a self-help manual yeah i mean i hope that's and like i said i you know i have part of my code is um uh what do you call it like uh where's the part uh i think this is oh this is the old one oh my gosh which copy do you have there's new parts of the code that aren't in here in the one i have just here, check this one. Let me see that one. See the Spanish one? Nope, that's not it either. Um, yeah, no. Um, be humble but exude confidence. Ah. That's part of the adventurer's code. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm trying to do that right now. Be humble but exude <laughs> confidence. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we've had people tell us that, like, you know, this has changed their lives and they've, like, lived their lives according to this. So, anyway. Um, so what I thought we'd do tonight is just quickly go through like the first couple parts of our adventurer's code. If that's okay with you. <laughs> Let's do it. And all the people, people listening. All right. So adventurer's code part one, always make a proper entrance. Okay. Notice we're not saying you've heard people say you got to make a grand entrance kind of thing. That's not... Yeah. The point we're trying to make, right? This is actually, to me, um, very similar to like some things you'll read in uh, like The Art of War, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really about kind of choosing your battlefield. You know, like you want to go into a situation in the proper way. And part of, if you're going to always make a proper entrance, that means that there's times you can't make an entrance. Right. Right. And this goes back to some Castaneda stuff, too, about being a warrior. Like, the warrior is able to take a moment of pause and decide decide before he acts, right? So, or she, he or she acts. And so that is sort of the situation with the the always make a proper entrance thing. Yeah, I was thinking, when I I first saw this, the first, right where my head went, was immediately to uh, Don Juan's teachings about stalking. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I am highly influenced by a lot of that stuff. From uh, from Castaneda, just those um, books are fantastic. They are, and there's some weird stuff with that guy. Like, yeah, yeah. There's like, did you hear about the the like the ladies like his his party of sorcerers who like supposedly disappeared and all this kind of stuff? And they think that maybe he like had them go like down into these caves and just stay there and 
die there. Oh, I don't know if that's true, but oh like, God. yeah. So there's like some weird stuff with him, but his books. We were just talking about this with uh with Beth, who who couldn't be here with us tonight. Yeah, she, uh, it, it, yeah. She brought the Romano cheese though, which yeah, I think is her presence score. is being felt. Big score. Yeah, but yeah, we were just talking about before we went on air about how just first of all how good those books are. And they shift your consciousness. But they actually, by in the process of reading those books, they actually make you think differently. They actually shift your consciousness into a different mode. Mm-hmm. Is really the best way I can put it. I mean, I can't really describe it exactly. I can't really put my finger on it, but it 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 changes it changes your perception mm-hmm. by reading those books. In a way, I can't really explain. It kind of doesn't make sense as I'm saying it. Yeah, but you've read him, so you know what I mean. Well, if you li- if you listen to what he says about the guy um, who was his teacher, Don Juan, and some people now think that like maybe that was like a composite of various people he talked about or whatever. Yeah. But again, like I said from the reading, but what uh, Don Juan said to him was like, if you want to be a sorcerer, right, you've got to get into the sorcerer's reality, okay? And the sorcerer's yeah. reality is not fake or imaginary. It's just different than the one we live in today. Yeah. So yeah. in our reality that we share our consciousness in, like coyotes can't talk to you, right? So if you want to speak to a coyote in the sorcerer way, you have to so fundamentally shake the foundations of your belief in that common reality, which is what he did to him to train him. And I feel <laughs> like those books do it. Like they mess, those books mess me up. Yeah, I was telling you and Beth before, like, I was on a 17-hour bus ride from South Carolina back here to New Jersey, and I read The Whole Art of Dreaming, <laughs> and I was half asleep at the time. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't just disappear it was, on it that It was bus. real weird. Like, there was, we were at a bus stop somewhere in Virginia or something, and these people were getting on off the bus, and I remember the bus driver wound up having, like, a fight with them. They were either, like, drug people or whatever, but... They were very similar to like what they talk about as allies in the book. I felt that way because again, I was coming out of I was coming out of sleep and I would be falling asleep reading it. And it was a <laughs> <Yeah>. very <laughs> interesting a- thing. But a lot of the stuff he says about being a warrior is what I feel like about a lot of the stuff about being, you know, adventurer in this thing. So Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So anyway, Adventures Code, part one. Always make a proper entrance. Okay, so you have any any thoughts on that, Brown? Yeah, well, I, I I like the wording of that, and it's and you touched on what it doesn't say, and that's you know it's it's not suggesting that you're gonna you know come bounding into every room like with pomposity and right. Hey, everyone, look at me! It's that's not it doesn't mean that it's a, a proper entrance is is something different and. And it could honestly mean something different in any and every situation. Mm-hmm. And it could, like you said, mean you can't make an entrance. Right. Sometimes you can't. <laughs> Here's one. I'll just read this a little bit. So the greatest part of making an entrance is to have a proper assessment of the situation. This also involves knowing oneself and how you will respond in a situation. For example, it may not be the best time to discuss your relationship with a loved one if you have had no sleep for three days and are in a horrible mood after a long day at work, right? That might not be the best time to have like that yeah. relationship conversation with your, with your <laughs> significant other. Or any heavy conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
Uh, we end that up with, if no proper entrance can be made, do not make one. Take a moment to breathe and regroup until you can make a proper entrance for the situation. So again, very similar to that, um, you know, that that sort of, uh, you know, Sun Tzu, Art of War. Yeah. Choose your battlefield, right? I think it's very similar in that kind of situation. All right. So people out there, I challenge you, make a proper entrance this week. <laughs> Try to make all your entrances proper. All right. And then number two part of the Adventurous Code. Do you have anything else on uh, making a proper entrance? I think that's No, I think, you, I think you yeah. summed it up. Yeah. Get the ball rolling. This, to me, harkens back to um, our first episode, no. speaking about follow-through. Yeah. Um, I have had a lot of... Um, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of times with a lot of I have eight thousand you know different business things I do and <laughs> projects and all this kind of stuff, and I get involved with a lot of people who don't. They got a lot of these great ideas and things they want to happen in life, but they don't actually start them off. All right, we talked about follow through, but I think that this getting the ball rolling. So in this situation, what we're talking about is if you want to write a book, get your word processor out or computer, whatever you do, or your pen and paper and start doing it, right? Start writing. Yeah. yeah. If you want to get in shape, don't do that tomorrow. Go to class tonight or do some stretches or look up something on YouTube. Um, it is so easy to not do stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard yeah. John? You've heard John Mulaney, comedian. Yeah, he talks about um, uh, Law and Order all the time. SVU. He's one of my favorite comedians right now. But I remember the start <laughs> okay, of one of his yeah. shows. He's going. To, he's talking to the audience, and he's like, "I just, I just want to thank you for being here tonight because it is so much easier to not do things than to do things. It's a hundred percent easier to yeah. not do something. So the fact that you did anything is a miracle, right? And yeah. again, that goes back to we were talking about in episode one. Like, I feel like that's my superpower because. I feel like there's too much stuff to get done in life. I think that's another episode we have to have is because I need to learn just health reasons wise to not, what are the things to cut out? That's a whole other. So I have a different problem. I don't have a problem with getting the ball rolling or following through with stuff. I have a problem with saying no, right? It's not what we're talking about right now. (laughs) But I think for, for most of the general public. Yeah. It's the opposite problem. Yeah. Actually getting started on things um, will help you. So if you have stuff, Here's the deal. I've talked to friends of mine uh, about how, you know, we're going to start playing D&D or whatever, right? Yeah. That might have been like five, ten years ago, right? <laughs> the time has gone by and, you know, we only get – we I could get hit by a bus walking out of here. So don't – the stuff that's really important – and again, I think this is my um, thing I need to work on is, is figuring out what are the actual important things. But – the stuff that you're actually passionate about and you really want to do, get the ball rolling on those things. Get it started because you don't know how much time you have, you know, yeah. and you don't want to not finish that. Um, so true. Yeah. Actually, a cool quote I saw was, um, and I use this for advertising for a martial arts school a lot. It's like, a year from now, you're going to wish you started a year ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's for yeah. the general public. That's the way stuff usually goes. Like, you know, you like, yeah, I want to do this thing. I want to. Yeah. I want to start going to yoga class or whatever. And three years from now, you still haven't gone to yoga class. Like, what are you doing? You're playing a lot of video games, watching TV. Yeah. You know, procrastinating. 
Yeah, um, that's the thing. That's the, and the culture we have today is so filled with distractions that didn't exist even 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Literally did not exist 20 years ago. And now we're just dogpiled with distraction after distraction. And the stuff's fun. Yeah. Video games are amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I just got Knockout's Quest. There's a it mi- is awesome. Th- incredible. It's yeah. sending me to the dark side, but there it's awesome. There are a million TV shows. I mean, there's there's a TV show for guys sitting in the desert trying to dig a hole and find gold in it. There's a TV mm-hmm. show following around people naked in the woods trying to survive. You know, there's a TV show for literally every situation <laughs> possible. So there's something that caters to everybody. So the, the the there's no shortage of distractions out there, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is clearly we like that stuff. Like, man, it gets wild, you know, like all that stuff. Like, we <laughs> yeah. like watching other people do it, you know? <laughs> that's actually one of the cool things yeah. about um uh, that book, The Art of Play, I was talking about. He talks about how, um you know, interactive theater, like usually theater is you go and you watch the thing, right? And that was what he really fell in love with. And what I fell in love with about, you know, the Renaissance Fair and that interactive theater. And what I like mm-hmm. about, um, there's a show in New York called uh, Sleep No More, which is just totally immersive. You go and you, like, explore this building, you know, that's kind of stuff. But that's, that's what I really like about the, um, I think it's really cool about the um, the possibilities of virtual reality. Like, yeah, you yeah. really immerse yourself in the story, you know. Exactly. Which is really cool. So anyway... Those are the first two parts of the Adventurer's Code. Um, like I said, if you're interested in uh, hearing more about them or whatever, or reading the whole book, uh, you can really read it in probably half an hour. <laughs> you know, because uh, we were trying to get the we were trying to get the ball rolling. Yeah, and get to the point. Yeah, it's, so, it's very it's very direct, short, and to the point. Yeah. So it's a quick read, but it's one of those books that you can really use to sort of set a game plan or like you know you hear people that do these vision boards mm-hmm. you know this this is a book that's kind of like a vision board in a book it's that's something if you were going to make a vision board you'd want to have this book with you because it sort of walks you through and it has you know these different menus and things in order and and steps that take you from point a to point b and it you know it clears up a lot of stuff and has a lot of cool quotes and right too. but it's um but it's not a long read, but it's one of those books that you'll find yourself going back to and reading over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what was that? What was that quote? And you go back to it and reread stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. Actually, it's good to hear. <clears throat> like we always like hearing because there definitely are people who come to us and tell us at fair how you know they feel about the thing and how it helped them or whatever. And a lot of it too is, um, like I said, there's I, I've got a lot of influences from people that I you know, have read. So it's not like any of these things we're saying are new ideas, you know? Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you everybody for being with us. I gotta, actually, I'd like to read, uh, there's a poem at the end of the book that I think really sums it up. Um, and it's interesting. This is not the only one. I think that I heard this on like a, like a BMW commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I know I saw, um, there was another um, another ad for some crazy like Jaguar or something. Okay. Which was this is not this, but it was another similar thing, and it was awesome. It's a uh, the rule of the lion: when you move, move with confidence, <laughs> which is so cool. I'm like, whoa, that's a great quote. But it was on some nice. BMW commercial or something. But anyway, this is um, <laughs> Henry Charles Bukowski. 
who is a crazy poet. Check out his stuff if you forget. Um, some of it is a little like, whoa, off the edge a little. But yeah. this poem, I think, sums up the adventure life so well. And I, again, I saw it on a, some commercial. It might have been like a preview in a movie for some company or whatever. But, and I think from what I know of, and that I found out about him, Henry Charles Bukowski would have been ragingly angry that some company was using his stuff to promote their marketing. Uh, but, yeah. But still a great poem. Anyway, so do you got any, anything else before I, because I'm, I'm going to finish up with this. Uh, no, I this think so. Okay, cool. All right, so thank you guys for being here with us tonight, and I leave you with the words of Henry Charles Bukowski. <clears throat> this is at the end. This closes out our book. Your life is your life. Don't let it be clubbed into dank submission. Be on the watch. There are ways out. There is a light somewhere. It may not be much light, but it beats the darkness. Be on the watch. The gods will offer you chances. Know them. Take them. You can't beat death, but you can beat death in life sometimes. And the more often you learn to do it, the more light there will be. Your life is your life. Know it while you have it. You are marvelous. The gods wait to delight in you. Tremendous. Yeah. It's powerful stuff, man. Tremendous. Even on a BMW commercial or wherever it was, <laughs> it was, it was powerful. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're going to have um, Beth Harper on sometime. She's gonna, we're going to talk about uh, reincarnation. Funny thing, actually, just so you yeah. guys know, she's been in the room the whole time. Yeah. Um, you can <laughs> maybe just, hear her laughter in the background. She's just chilling back there. So. She had a stressful day. So. Um, she did. <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't shame her into joining us, <laughs> no matter what we did. We tried very hard. but All right, guys. Thank you very much. We will be back soon. Don't forget our unofficial sponsor, uh, Trainwreck Distillery, here uh, yes. in uh, Mount Holly, New Jersey. We'll line up a shot here shortly. Yes, we will. We will definitely do that. We always have a shot at the Path of Action. All right, everybody. Have a great night, and we will see you back here for episode five of the Path of action and if you are interested in checking out the adventurer's handbook for yourself uh you can find a copy at the lordsofadventure.com and we will put a link in our uh description here i think we can i'm saying that as if i know that we can do it um yeah, yeah we can do it <laughs> directly to the book so thanks everybody have a great night and don't forget make a proper entrance and get the ball rolling in your life first two parts and we'll go over more of the, of the uh, Adventurer's Code in the next couple episodes here. Cheers, everyone. Salat Jabal.